Hello and welcome. I'm Uri. And I'm Rifki, and you're listening to Talking Tachlis, the podcast where we talk about Jewish life and life in general. So, Rifki, last episode we spoke about the um, Hasidic schools and the New York Times article. We got some really interesting feedback, really from yeah. all over the place, geographically and philosophically. Um, yeah. But we actually have a really long episode this week that we want to get straight yeah. to. So we're going to save some of that feedback, hopefully, for a future episode. Yeah, which means that if you wanted to be in touch and you haven't yet had a chance, don't worry, you still have a few days. <laughs> We're still accepting responses. Miami Boys Choir is a singing group that was started by Yerachmiel Begun in 1977 and is still active today. A lot of our listeners, myself included, are familiar with Miami Boys Choir from our childhoods, as their music was ubiquitous for those of us who grew up listening to Jewish music. They have some songs in English, but most of their lyrics are Hebrew verses from traditional Jewish sources. Although they have been popular for decades, as far as I know, they never achieved any major recognition outside of the Orthodox world. That is, until now. Apparently, over this past summer, Yerachmiel's son, Hanania, suggested posting clips from Miami Boys Choir concerts on the social media platform TikTok. One particular video that they posted in late August was a short clip from a 2008 performance of the song Yerushalayim, which is Hebrew for Jerusalem. The clip features four soloists, and the video on TikTok labels each boy along with his hometown as he is singing. For our listeners who are not active on TikTok, here is the audio from that clip. For those who haven't been following this story, it's a little bit hard to explain what happened next. That video on the Miami Boys Choir page now has 8.6 million views. But here's the crazy part. As of today, there were well over 9,000 videos on other people's profiles where they take that original video and put their own spin on it. Many of these videos have millions of views themselves. It's always the original Miami Boys Choir audio playing. Sometimes these videos will have Miami Boys Choir on one side and the person posting it on the other side. Sometimes you just see one or the other. Many of these videos rate the four soloists, with scores ranging from 9.5 out of 10 to 100 million out of 10. Others comment on the incredible vocal control, or the choreography, or the costumes. There's even one where a woman sings the song in Japanese with English and Hebrew subtitles. Three out of the four soloists, who are now all adults, have surfaced on some of these videos, and they seem to be thoroughly enjoying this newfound attention. What all of these videos have in common, and I've personally watched at least 250 of them, I'm not exaggerating, is that they are all overwhelmingly positive. Maybe too positive. In the strange world of social media, it is currently trendy to be a superfan of Miami Boys Choir, even, or especially, among people with no Jewish background or knowledge of Hebrew. Some Jews find this phenomenon hilarious, or mildly confusing, or even inspiring, but others are worried. One of those people is our guest today, 
Mordechai Lovovitz. Mordechai Lovovitz is the founder and clinical director of Jewish Queer Youth, a national nonprofit supporting LGBTQ Jewish youth from Orthodox, Hasidic, and Sephardi communities. In his tenure, he created and spearheaded projects like JQI Teen Drop-In Center, the Orthodox Mental Health Conference on Sexuality, the It Gets Better video for Orthodox Queer Jews, and the Yeshiva University Gay Panel. Mordechai ran a private social work practice for child transgender care, as well as worked at the youth program of the Manhattan LGBTQ Center. Mordechai has served for two years as the LGBTQ consultant for the United Nations NGO Committee for Human Rights. So hearing that bio doesn't really sound connected to this, and this sounds more connected to a topic that we have been talking about a lot over the last few weeks, and we might get into it today. Um, with Mordechai, but there's one more line in his bio that he probably doesn't use very often, and that line is, Mordechai was also a member of the Miami Boys Choir from 1991 to 1994. So, Mordechai, thank you. you should be opening with that line. <laughs> thank yeah, you so much no, for joining especially us. Especially now, that's my claim to fame. <laughs> it's it's nice to be here. Um, <clears throat> long-time listener, first-time caller. <laughs> but, um, listen, I think that, like, what you said in terms of people finding this uh, this phenomenon enjoyable, hilarious, is not the opposite of also finding it problematic. Mm-hmm. I think that it is hilarious and I'm definitely enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are also, I think, problematic uh, uh, things that come up too. I mean, so can you elaborate on the that? wrong way as a social worker. Uh, anytime adults uh, have a... Uh, focus their attention on people who are 11, 12, Mm -hmm. 13, uh, you know, and in an objectifying type of way, immediately, uh, you know, red flag, immediately my red flags go up Mm -hmm. because I'm like, why is an adult concentrating on a 10 year old? You know, that's just, you know, a 10 year old who's not a member of their family, uh, who's, Mm -hmm. you know, not the child. What, what, why? It's a strange thing. Right. Okay. And, and especially why is an adult, you know, particularly being impressed by, you know, a 10 year old or 11 year old and not interested in, in someone who is another adult in that genre. So that's, you know, strange to me already. Um, and, and, you know, again, that in and of itself is probably not, you know, enough to say that something is like crumb. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another issue, of course, is that whenever there is uh, kind of an out a focus from the Gaim, from the Gentiles on uh, the internal workings of the Jewish community, at least historically, it hasn't worked out great for us, mm-hmm. right? Like nothing is in a vacuum, right? We do have, we do have quite a history, maybe 3000 years of history telling us that any time, or at least most times, uh, you know, there's kind of a Gentile focus on the inner workings of halachic Jews or uh, it isn't, you know, it isn't necessarily uh, to the best outcomes. And what is interesting is that it seems, at least in my lifetime, I'm only 43, that there is yet there is still this sense of, oh, no, this time is different. They're going to be really impressed with us this time. This time they're going to love us. Just wait till they get a load of this, right? And then every time it's the same thing, right? No, we're really just exoticized and we're really just a minority, like, you know, interesting, different, almost queer, right, in, in, in its way. 
and 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 we're not the only uh, kind of minorities that often feel this way by a majority population. Uh, sometimes, uh, uh, you know, white people tend to exoticize, uh, you know, young. Hindu girls doing Hindu dances or, uh, you know, kids in the black church being, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with enjoying uh, uh, cultures that aren't yours. In fact, uh, like, I think that that's great. I think it's part of expanding our minds and expanding our taste. But, uh, you know, the, the particular focus on it, the objectification of the people on it, the, the familiarity, the kind of put on familiarity that's mm -hmm. not really earned. And also, in this particular case, the lack of any real interest in finding out the meaning behind any of this, hmm. right? Like there, and like you said, there is meaning behind it. That these are religious words. Right. There, this does mean a lot. Like you said, you grew up on this. This is your connection to Judaism. Especially, I grew up uh, in Brookline, Massachusetts, and you know we call ourselves out of town, which is terrible New York centric, and I hate <laughs> the idea of, of saying out of town. But that being said, we still called it like it's this idea of oh, we're out of town Jews. I think that there was something about being an out-of-town Jews and having these cassette tapes, uh, this connection, I think, with like the motherland, the, the mm -hmm. connection with bigger mm -hmm. Judaism, connection with, you know, that was like, we, and, and also the truth is, is that in a lot of from families, including mine, we were not allowed to listen to uh, the radio. We were not allowed mm -hmm. to listen to secular music. This was our music. Yeah. And this is the music and this was very meaningful to us. Right. Uh, and this was the, these are the, the words that we dive into. The, and, and even the English songs are, are like really you know, deep with, with meaning and sometimes right. very emotional. I mean, our Jewish music and Hasidic music is, are much bigger than Miami Boys Choir. And also for the people comparing it to K-pop, there are actually Jewish bands that sound a lot like K-pop, right? right? Like there are, there are you know, what about the... Yeah, what about the Hevra? What about, you know, what about Shweki? What about like all the, right? You don't have, you don't see this being done mm -hmm. to, to adults that actually sound like, like non-Jewish music. And uh, you were sharing with me, like your, in your interaction with your Achmiel, that your Achmiel actually is actually, is very sensitive. But we'll about, get to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but he in general is sensitive about his music not sounding right, right. like pop music. Right. Okay. There's, so, there's a lot. There's a lot yeah. that you said. A lot I want to ask. But Rifki, you're kind of like making some faces. Um, I want to let's. I want to hear what your take on on this is. No, don't let sure. the listeners know. <laughs> Sorry. No, also, um, you can interrupt me because I monologue a lot. Okay. So just interrupt me. I love it. <laughs> no, Mordechai, I'm I'm really interested in in, in hearing everything that you're saying. Um, and it's I really appreciate kind of hearing your perspective as someone who really grew up with Miami Boys Choir. I didn't in the same way. Like I knew some of their music. A friend of mine was in the band, but I don't know if we call it a band in the in the, the group. group. Um, in the group. But um. But I was not like, you know, really holding in the music. Um, and it it always felt to me kind of the same as Yeshiva Boys Choir. Like, I don't really know any distinction between any of these groups, you know, um, or even between bigger than groups. Like when I remember being in high school and like Blue Fringe was a big thing. And I loved Lev Tahor. Like I, my sister and I used to listen to one album over and, and over. These are all um, adults. These are all adults. Yes. 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 And the cover, of course. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think... Um, 
Blue Fringe was in college at the time. Yeah, but the difference between there is a huge difference between an 18 and 19 right. year old and a 12 or 11 year old. For sure. Well, right? and that's, also that's I think the more important distinction is 12 year olds talking about 12 year olds versus 40 year olds or 30 year olds yeah, talking yes. about 12 year olds. Because, yes. you know, even in, in uh, there was an, ar- an article published either yesterday or today in the Times of Israel about this whole Miami Wars Cry phenomenon that mm-hmm. Mordecai Featuring things were Mordecai, quoted yeah. in. Yes. And <laughs> yes, and one of the things that a couple of the members said, which I'm curious, I don't remember if you addressed this as well, was that they used to get letters and faxes from girls all over the world. There were always <laughs> girls That's waiting what for them after the, the show. The other ones didn't mention that. <laughs> no, oh, that's really? not true. And oh, the other ones did? did mention oh, okay, it. Okay. It wasn't the only yeah. one. Maybe, it wasn't, <laughs> listen, maybe it was just me. You know, I'm oh, a, right, I was right, always yeah. a girl magnet. <laughs> no. Too bad, uh, my friend, My friend Danny, who was in the group, my friend Danny also mentioned that uh, he said, Quote, somehow my phone number or fax number got out and I would get messages or calls from fans, girls uh-huh. from different parts of the world. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, so that, that, that was in the article. But it feels different article. if these girls are children also. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're getting if 30 year old girls are sending letters to these, you know, 11, 12 year old boys, you know, of course we would be a little bit uncomfortable by that. And I don't think, and maybe it's just me, I haven't seen anything explicitly sexual in any of the comments on TikTok or in any of the duets or anything like that, but it definitely does feel, there is something there that makes me pause for a second. Um, I want to step back though and ask you more because I really want to understand your perspective here. Um, Is your argument, let's say there is a group of Let's say there were a similar group uh, from a different ethnicity. So let's say it's you know Muslim kids, or you know try to try to make it relevant. Sure. Um, and they're also singing um, with kind of pop synthetic kind of uh, music, but the language was all in Arabic. We didn't understand the language at all, and it became this like viral phenomenon on TikTok or on any of the other social medias. And people were talking about it, people were singing about it, people were imitating the dances, people were talking about, you know, who's got the best pitch, everything like that. Would you say that that's inappropriate and that is cultural appropriation and that is problematic? Or is your argument that Actually, what's wrong is that we're making a distinction between Jews and other groups. Do you, do you understand the way I'm, I think yeah, I'm I mean, the I think question both, I think that both points are, are correct. You know, when I posted okay. uh, this sentiment uh, online, uh, some of the people who disagreed with me said that actually, no, this is a great example of showing how Jews don't feel this way that yeah. that that you we want to share our culture with mm-hmm. the outside world we're not and maybe other cultures should learn from us right that maybe that that maybe if there was a a video of of a bunch of young somali girls uh you know doing their their dances that maybe yes it is okay for jews to make videos pointing them out and being like oh yeah that one i really love that one i love you uh, know you're and taking like some liberties with those comments but, but yeah but but may, and maybe it's now I always, that is an interesting point of view. It is an interesting point of view of saying, well, maybe we've just gone too far in general in terms of our sensitivity here. And there's no, there's no, there's no intended harm here. And because there's no intended harm, uh, let's focus our outrage on things. There's enough 
in this world where there actually is intended harm, that we could focus a little more on that and not take these things so seriously, right? Mm -hmm. Why, you know, where maybe we're too sensitive and maybe this is a chance to actually show from a Jewish perspective that we don't care about this stuff as much and you shouldn't either. Let's say, and exactly. perhaps this may, may exist in other areas, like for example, um, uh, non-Jewish actors playing Jews on, mm -hmm. on screen, right? So the, the Jew face conversation, be, which we've also- Jew-faced conversation. Exactly. Like, are there a lot of, are there that many Jews that get outraged? For example, that there are so many famous Jews played by non-Jews. And if we're not outraged is, you know, maybe it's because it's, 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 it's uh, punked. We're not outraged because we don't believe one should be outraged. Okay. Right. Like that's, th that would be a very interesting point of view. Now, if you have that point of view, I think that my argument against that would be like, that's great, except if if the standard uh, it, that general society has with all other minorities is one thing, and then the way we treat Jews in terms of sensitivity is another thing, even though maybe, yes, you wish that we would treat everyone the same, but treating Jews with less sensitivity than other minorities also seems to run, rub me the wrong way from mm -hmm. an anti-Semitic perspective. So, like, yeah. even, even if you did have a point, by the way, even if you're Jewish and just don't have well, a that, point. I also want to ask you that, right? like secular Jews getting all excited yeah. about this. Is, is this also in that I, category? I, I think the only difference here is, is that sometimes when secular Jews uh, kind of hear things of Orthodox, it, it does evoke kind of what is that like little Jewish fire yeah, within them? Saying, oh, act, actually, right, the Pintalayid thing. <laughs> so there, I think that that's a very unique phenomenon, mm -hmm. and I think that there is an. Uh, it would be hard to uh, deny that right. phenomenon from existing. So I think that that's very different than perhaps uh, you know uh, a woman from Sri Lanka who has no relationship and is not Jewish at all, and I don't think it's the Pintalayid coming out. Right. Um, you know, so, so Mordechai, let me let me ask you, I think it was maybe 12, 13 years ago, I don't even remember, um, but when that first Maccabees video went very viral, which uh, for mm -hmm. listeners, probably most listeners know who the Maccabees are, but they were the <laughs> YU college acapella group. They have since branched off from YU. Uri, as people know, was very involved with the group. Uh, he was the videographer who made this video that went viral. Did you feel the same way when that video went viral in totally non-Orthodox, non-Jewish circles, and it got, it, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, when this was back before YouTube was a massive, massive, massive thing. And suddenly they were, they had fans all over the country, all over the world, people who did not, you know, really know, uh, they sang in English, it was a little different, but did you feel that same twinge of, uh, this is like a little bit discomforting? No, because I think that the intentionality there was was so different and so kind of almost directed at the response that they got. Uh, these were adults. Uh, who were singing, who were kind of in on the joke, first of all. Mm. Uh, and not that it was a joke, it was fun. It was in on this particular type of fun. Mm -hmm. I don't think it, when we were 11 in the choir, we didn't think it was a joke. Um, right. We didn't think, uh, you know. You didn't think it was, it was cheesy. Right. We didn't. Yeah. We we actually were really, really excited to get a solo and it was very meaningful for us. And we usually invited our family to come and yeah. we knew that our parents were listening to us. And, and it was very, you know, it was like, whoa. I mean, I, I think that, and again, and all, we were singing these, most of the songs are pretty serious and pretty serious subject matters. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it wasn't this kind of, and, and, it, and it wasn't a schlock rocky tape. I mean, when I heard the, when I heard Candlelight for the first time, I, I thought, well, schlock, schlock rock. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the first thing. I mean, I grew up on schlock rock. Right. I was like, schlock rock, mm -hmm. but a little younger. Which and was Lenny Solomon who would do parodies of 
popular secular English songs and put like Jewish words to them, similar to what right. the Maccabees did. Right. So it, immediately I thought Schlockrock and I didn't think of Miami Boys Choir. I, right. And 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 I think Schlockrock, like like a lot of parody music, is in on the joke. I think Weird Al Yankovic is always in on the joke, right. even though some of his songs are really good. Right. <laughs> like, I, I don't think it's not. I don't want to take away from it at all. I like, listen, we love Schlockrock here at JQY. We had Lenny right, Solomon right, at right. a Hanukkah party last last year as like the headliner. So and 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 also there's even meaning in in those songs right because like you like you said before sometimes especially people who are a little disconnected to judaism all they need is a little bridge and mm. sometimes that bridge mm -hmm. could be pop music or right. just a little parody and then and then it can get anything to light that little pintle yeah so you know Wait, how but, you get but there Mordechai, yeah so so yeah. i just want to understand so you're talking about sort of in on the joke or not in on the joke do you do you think that like, what's the joke? Like, do you think that people who are watching this Miami Boys Choir video and they're they're duetting it, they're talking about it, do you think that they kind of in the back of our their minds are like making fun of these kids? No, they're thinking it's. I, it, they're even saying it. They're thinking, oh, isn't this like K-pop? Oh, people people like K-pop. Or no, they they think it's adorable. They they think it's cute and adorable. Which it, it's also cute is. and adorable, and also like K-pop and 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 innocent and meaningless in a way that is just kind of for fun and entertainment purposes, which was not uh, the intention. Uh, of, for, first of all, it was definitely not the intention of Yerachmiel. Uh, Yerachmiel right. took his music, takes his music very seriously. I don't know if you wanted to say that story, but he he actually had very strong feelings. I'm going to say it. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> we'll save the story then. Yeah, I'll say the story. Okay. I, I, a couple of things. First of all, I just want to make sure we get it out there. This is a, a tweet that uh, Rifki actually showed me from um, Yoni Brander, um, where he says, Viewing the Miami Boys Choir trend as somehow anti-Semitic is a pretty lacrimose view of the Jewish present. There are many friends of the Jewish people out there, a lot of people that don't have much exposure to Jews, and a lot of cultural achievements that can be shared. And then he, he posted a second tweet in that thread, like uh, maybe 20 minutes later, that said, The whole idea of being an or goyim, which is translated as a light onto the nations, is that it is possible to share good things with others without worrying about diminishing ourselves. Don't mean this as a theological truth only. It is a social and cultural one too. No need to assume others are animated by nefarious motives. So it sounds like you, Mordechai, feel incredibly pessimistic. And I'm not saying this as a critique or as a, as a good thing about the way that other cultures view Jews. You're like, even when they're pretending to compliment it, actually, it's going to turn around. Never, ever, ever trust non-Jews. <laughs> Is that no, the, the argument think, that you're making? I think that there's, I think that there's a way to be appreciated, and there's for what to be appreciated for, right? What the the beauty in the Miami Boys Choir, right? If they really want to appreciate us, right, is to understand what can be done within the limitations of what we believed was halacha at the time, right? So, for example, uh, most people from that community don't allow women to sing publicly and only allow men to sing publicly. Right. And, uh, and, and also don't listen to non-Jewish music, but still wanted to be able to enjoy music. So the idea of having prepubescent boys with beautiful voices like women Right to be able to sing that these beautiful register. songs was a very interest. Right in that register uh, was a very interesting kind of like two tin foils on something to in the oven to make it kosher. <laughs> it's a good and, way to uh, say it. and it's there's something very interesting about halach Judaism in the in that way, and also 
through that inspire people, right? Bring someone to right. tears and it's not just song, neutral. Like, it's, it has a right. It's meant to be positive, not just like a neutral right. thing that's allowed. It's not. It's, yeah. it's not a super. This is not. This is not when. This is not Madonna. This is not even the Beatles. Like, right. I mean, really, the Beatles. But this, <laughs> but this is well, this is. You know, if you want. The, Judaism is incredibly rich and nuanced and complex and and we have produced, I think, and, and given a lot to the world that should be appreciated and we have shown ourselves at times to be an Orla Goyen. I don't think in, the, in a, a serious conception conception of Orla Goyim, uh, the idea of having some Gentiles, you know, get a kick jiving to nine-year-old Jewish boys, um, you know, singing, you know, if, if that's your concept of Orla Goyim, then I, I don't know. I well, think it's, it's yeah. Kipper. Maybe it's time to introspect. Well, I think you and Yoni are kind of addressing different parts of the story. You're not exactly disagreeing head, head to head. But I, a couple of things that, that I want to say that you've sort of touched on um, to fill in some, some gaps here. First of all, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's nobody ever said that to me explicitly, but I always just figured that the reason why Miami Boys Choir is at the forefront of Jewish music, aside from just being great music, the fact that it's little boys singing is because Orthodox people or men can't aren't allowed to listen to women and this sort of like right. takes that place musically which means though that it is designed to be listened to by adults it's not like it's meant for children sure sure I just the, wanted the, to, to make that clear to put that oh is this is not my Boys choir is not meant for children course, they, right. they, these, these, these the songs are Anna Bekoach, uh, kol chasan kol kala. Right. Kol, Tra I mean, translate the, Mordechai translate uh, I mean the, these are literally from Kabbalah or Anna Bekoach, from what we the brachas that we say under the chuppah between a yeah. chassan uh, and a kala, vanit uh, filosi. These these are sometimes from Yom Kippur davening. Right. We're taking the most holy uh, verses and we're we're putting it to song with what we think is the most beautiful voices that we can give. Right. And I think that the the proof is in the pudding because most people who grew up with these songs, even today. As adults, when they listen to them, it could bring a tear to an eye. Mm -hmm. It could bring, I know it in JQY, it, it's unbelievably effective. Uh, when we play Miami Boys Choir, or Yeshiva Boys Choir at our events, it immediately kind of emotionally reconciles like the mm. person that I was to the person I am now. Mm -hmm. uh, we march in, in the Pride Parade and we've been marching in the Pride Parade for years and years and years. Many of it, we started marching in the Pride Parade for the boys wearing yarmulkes and sitsis out. And, and, and we had a DJ in the Pride Parade, and our big song when we marched is Kol Yisrael Yesh Lehem Chaylek mm. like, like that's that was the... All Jews have a place in the world to come. In the world to come. And that it goes, you know, Kol, Kol, Kol Yisrael. Mm. Yeah, don't make me sing. Uh, but <laughs> but, but, but the, I, that kind of message that, 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 that the people, especially from JQI, have been listening to since they were a child. We're saying, no, that message is meaningful even now to you, right? It's it's connecting your inner child to uh, who may have been hurt or may have now may, may, mm. may feel now irreconciled with their adult now. And this is a way music can do that. Music can right. bring you back to a very vulnerable space. So this is like, especially, I mean, especially for queer Jews, like this stuff, when we talk about music, even in Kabbalah, there's a connection between music and Kodesh Kedushim. It's not, it's, 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 it's the, the Holy of Holies, the, the, the Holy central Holies. room in the temple. It, there is no, you cannot compare 
the experience of, of Jewish uh, uh, emotional art, artistic expression that has to do with, uh, you know, uh, expression of your neshama to pop music. It, it's just, it, right. it's not the same. It's comparing Yom Kippur davening to you know, Z100. Right. On that point, I want to pivot a little bit. I, I keep promising that story and I keep getting sidetracked. I want to first, we'll take a break for a second to play one of Mordechai's amazing solos <laughs> as a member of the Miami Boys Choir. Here we go. Mordechai, first of all, yeah. absolutely beautiful, really. And I, I want to start by saying, like, I've been listening to Miami Boys Choir totally unironically this week for the first time in 25 years. And like you said, it I actually got emotional from, from your solo and from a lot of the other things. Like, it's really beautiful. And talking about, like, Jewish music, I mean, that song, the first part, the Hebrew part, is from the Rambam. It's from Maimonides. Okay. And then you mm-hmm. break out into Yiddish. Like, that's like... Into Yiddish, for, for, right. for Ashkenazi Jews, that's pretty much as Jewish as it gets. I'm a Lushman. Um, mm-hmm. did, you, did you know what the words meant at the time? Did he explain yeah, it? Yeah, he explained it to us. He mm-hmm. was a Rebbe, too. Yeah. Neil was, was not just a choir teacher. Every... Every time we, he taught us a song, he translated to us. He under, told us the significance of the song mm. and 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 perhaps even the connection between the song and the tune. Wow. And if we danced, even the dance moves had had meaning. Um, yeah. Well, I want to I want to say I have to tell that story, but like I've gained such an appreciation for Yerachmiel Begun just in the, in the last few days. I never, I guess, I never thought about it, but he himself wrote every single song. There's over yep. 500 songs insane like some of these are just so classic and a lot of people don't even realize that they're miami boys choir songs you hear them in 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 prayers and and around the shabbos table and whatever so the story that we keep referencing is so i as rifki said i did the the maccabee videos and i did you know candlelight was was that first big one and when candlelight went viral i got an email from yrachmiel begun and he all he did was he asked me what phone number can i be reached at and at first I didn't answer and then I, my curiosity overcame me and I responded and he called me and then there's also an email that went to somebody else that came back to me saying basically the same thing. He was very upset and he, I don't remember if he specifically told me to take down the video. In the email he was telling other like Jewish websites, do not post this video. It's going to be a terrible influence on our children. Um, they're going to look up the original song or wow. the original video and it imagines <laughs> the damage to their neshamas and whatever. Like at the time, I was like, okay, I mean, I guess he's jealous or something. And I didn't really take it that seriously. I didn't say anything disrespectful to him. I just basically ignored it. And I didn't think about it that much. Mm-hmm. Now... You spoke to him on the phone? Yeah. Wow. That sounds really hard. I mean, I, there was a lot going on. And there was a lot of 
mostly just about all positive attention. And so, you yeah. know, one person didn't like it. Like, okay, it's not for him. Like, and it wasn't. And I still don't necessarily agree with what he said. But I actually right. now understand it a lot more. And I appreciate where he was coming from. He was, like, you know, we talked about, in, uh, we, we talked about the, the, um, the New York Times article about the, the Hasidic yeshivas and how, like, they mm-hmm. will say they're doing their own thing. Like, you know, we have secular education and they have the religious education. We kind of, many religious Jews think you, it's not that simple. Like, we're talking about functioning in society and supporting yourself and your family. Like, that's one thing. But when it comes to culture and entertainment, I think there's a much stronger case from the Orthodox side to say, we don't want to have anything to do with the outside culture. And don't tell me that there's anything wrong with it. I don't have to know what Facebook is. I don't have to know what who Madonna is or whatever, you know. We're going to create our own culture and our own entertainment, and it's not just going to be parv and like acceptable. It's going to actually be positive and beneficial to our souls and to our religiosity and whatever. And Yerach Begun was a huge part of that, and he was like this. And by the yeah. way, like I think you're what you're saying is so interesting. Also, I mean, I have to think about like a lot of the hypocrisy of. Uh, a lot of the armchair pundits in, in, in orthodoxy who all day and all night say, oh, how terrible social media is. Social media is it's Instagram and it's TikTok mm-hmm. and it's ruining our kids. And, and But the second all of a sudden, oh, it's Miami Boys Choir. This is great. This well, is wonderful. Right. This so the, the question is, I have it, now is if, now that it's his music and this like pure, wholesome, Jewish, authentic Jewish music on this platform that in the way TikTok works is like you watch one video and it just gives you all these other videos. Like I'm curious what he would feel about that or how he feels now that his stuff is engulfed in the secular culture on this, you know, amongst all these other things. I'm not sure, but I just, I'll tell you that I'll tell you that he probably feels mixed, but uh, I think his son probably gets kicked out of it because he's the one who puts it, put it online. I think that the, you know, I, I, I think that, any songwriter is 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 a songwriter. I mean, they, they, they produce like it's literally a miracle. You produce something from nothing, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's 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 a nace to create a song, um, and and I think that there there is a certain connection between all songwriters and to want to be appreciated for the melodies that they create. Um, right. And I think that the fact that if it's true that to a certain extent he is being authentically appreciated in the world of songwriters, uh, and he deserves it by the way, because right. I think that he, he has, a, I think that he does, he probably enjoys that aspect of it. But I think he, knowing him, uh, and I've been knowing him pretty well as a kid, I was only a kid, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know him for three years as a kid and I, and I, I did enjoy him and, and you know, we talked a lot and uh, I, I think he could care less what Gaim think about these songs. It's not it's for like, remember, remember there was a, you remember there was the, uh, there used to be a, uh, an athletic brand called fubu yeah. for us by right, us right yeah right? this is like i'd like to, i think miami boys choir is for us by us mm-hmm. right like it's great that's lovely that you appreciate it it's not for you <laughs> certainly not by you <laughs> right like like it's if you if you really want to understand orthodox judaism like i said there there you can learn and try to appreciate but you know looking at us looking at it from a superficial level i think is insulting uh, but in in the way that it does benefit us, we'll take it. Right. Like I don't know. We'll what's, take all the benefit. Yeah. You know, what's yeah. so crazy is I was going through like the way TikTok works. Is you, you know you watch a video and then you just kind of swipe up and it just gives you related videos. And that's what I went through. Literally 250 of these. And um, I was I, I had like that 
I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, I was waiting, like, who's going to, you know, the song that, that went viral was about Yerushalayim. I was, like, waiting to say, like, who's going to bring up the Palestinians? Somebody has to do mm-hmm. that. Who's going to bring up the creepy guy with the black hat walking amongst the, the kids and say something about that? Like, I'm, I was just waiting for it, and it wasn't there. It, what, I read the and, comments, but, but, I watched but, the video. Then you have the, you have the Rolling Stone article. Right, today, right. So then I want right? to say, right, finally, the shoe finally dropped. There's a, the Rolling Stone covered this. I, I'll read the, the quote. So this towards the end of the article. They, first of all, they stress that this is like a totally unironic appreciation, which I don't. I think a lot of it is unironic. Like it genuinely is catchy music. The, Bullshit. Well, the overflowing enthusiasm. <laughs> there's so much is irony here, ironic. and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes, they, they say it's unironic, and then in the next line they say, "And even if they don't know what even they're looking for, and, right. and they don't understand the words, and they don't understand that, and." I should take that back. I should say people really do appreciate the music, but to say it's unironic is silly because obviously there's mm-hmm. a level of irony to it. They, 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 then they write towards the end, and, and I'll just have to explain. I didn't know what this term was. Rifki, did you know the term uh, milkshake duct? Nope. Had yeah. to Google it. Yeah, me too. Milkshake duck apparently is like a reference to a different video, but it's like when something random goes viral and everyone's excited about it. And then it turns out that the person who created it or who was in it is like a terrible person or a racist or something like that. <laughs> so to, to be milkshake ducked is like that happening to somebody. So this the article says, despite the seeming inevitability of one or more of these boys getting milkshake ducked and then in parentheses, probably not a great idea to ask any of them about their opinions on Israel and Palestine. What is so charming about the explosive success of Miami Boys Choir on TikTok is just how authentic it all seems. So, like, so what is it? What is it? Bra- brave man taking a taking a swipe at Jewish kids. Ooh, brave! <laughs> right. What, so, what, 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 what an asshole! There's, there's an also asshole. a podcast connected to that article. Um, and in the, I po- think she's a woman. It's a woman. Well, yeah. well she's an asshole. <laughs> These are kids, and 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 now holding them in any way responsible, even as adults today, and, and and just in general, holding Jews responsible in a in a in, on all Jews responsible for the. The, the, you know what happens in Israel right. is itself problematic and right. anti-Semitic. And the, the idea that she sure. would make that connection, the, uh, just just off the uh, you know like nothing, a throwaway line. Oh, by yeah. the way, don't ask them about Israel. <laughs> right. Right. You know, yeah. and that and that's the thing. That's, it felt like that's the, the it felt like slope. the people last summer who you know were eating at kosher restaurants and got you know punched while everything was going on in Gaza with like the assumption, well, they're probably supporters of what's going on in Israel, so therefore violence against them would be appropriate. But it starts with a joke. That's the thing. That's and your concern. That I think you're that saying that's that what, that's what Brander like doesn't get. <laughs> and it's a naivete. And it's beautiful that we all we all hope this time it's going to be different. But it never is. It just never but, but, is. But Mordechai, but meaning what she wrote is despicable and upsetting. Yeah. And I've only seen condemnation of it. But what? I, I've, that's one person in, as Uri, Uri said, there are at least 9,000 people duetting it. There are at least 8.6 million people watching the video. I'm not saying that what she said is okay, but I'm also, I, I feel like lacrimose does feel like the right word there. Like this doesn't mean, oh, now we've, we proved it. The Goyim are out to get us. We proved that this one person who, if you look up other stuff also, she's written like, okay, there's like a trend here. Like this one person has an ax to grind and wrote something incredibly offensive and inappropriate. Can I just play? I want to play. I'm using this as a springboard. I just want to play the podcast, her podcast, where she says a couple of other examples. <laughs> we need various oral histories of the Don't Worry Darling drama and also the Miami Boys Choir. And also, like, I mean, knowing I know enough about the Orthodox Jewish community, like 
I do feel like one of these kids is going to get milkshake ducks like very fast. It's more likely than not that some of them grew up to be anti-vaxxers who won't shake women's hands because they could possibly be menstruating. Like that is a very large possibility. But I prefer to ignore all of this because I just want to dance around to it in my kitchen. (laughs) Oh, my God. So those there are two more I examples. They're probably anti-vaxxers, and they probably one. don't touch women because they might be menstruating. But but it's not. But but I don't. I don't find this. I don't. I, I I'm sorry. I I don't. I think that with our history, with the amount of hate crimes against Jews more than any other minority, uh, mm-hmm. with the fact that we are a target, the fact that particularly Orthodox Jewish and and here the children, Orthodox Jewish children. Uh, are, are being focused and, 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 and could potentially be a target. Now we're associating Orthodox Jewish children with divisive political stuff or anti-vax stuff. This is inevitable. If you couldn't see this from a mile away, yeah, of course, 90% of it is going to be innocuous. But it's always the case. But once you allow the joke, right, once you allow yourself and your people, especially your most vulnerable people, to who never intended for themselves to be a joke to kind of be a joke then you can it's easy to pile on again there are go after Shlomo Kalbach God knows there's enough to go after him about right like go after Mordechai ben David there's problematic things about him go after adults don't do it with children we're not your joke we're not your funny little thing to jive for and certainly our children are off limits I don't know. I, I just, you know, I just, I don't find it. I don't, I don't find it funny. I, I don't find it cute. I find it, you know, again, like the, you know, gefilte fish is not a laugh line. It's the same thing. Every, every stupid, uh, you know, uh, uh, com- comedy or, or uh, you know, when, when Orthodox Jews are, are in a, uh, in, in some sort of sitcom, I was saying, someone's like, gefilte fish. <laughs> no, what, what is, what's funny about gefilte fish? Love gefilte fish. Right. right. But I don't know to put what's funny about it. What's funny to a non-Jew? It's funny. It's funny that we right. well, Mordecai, for you. I, I want to like kind of wrap up and move on a little bit. I want to play one last clip of a, another solo of yours, if that's okay. It's awesome. Hashem. Literally, the words are Kave El Hashem. I mean, this is this is K-pop. It means hope to Hashem, hope to God, and strengthen your heart and hope to God. But meaning longing for connection, the, the longing, and our insides are kishkas, a yeah. longing for God, for Hashem, for for some connection. Yeah, you know, it, it's it it's so rooted. You know, especially like right before Yom Kippur, this stuff really is the Kodesh Kedushin, mm. and uh, again. It's still cute and it's wonderful and it's funny and 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 it's also very cute. We talk about Yerachmiel that Yerachmiel not only composed but he also choreographed. Right, which right. I wanted funnier. to ask you that. <laughs> it's crazy. He, he yeah. basically did everything. Yeah, he choreographed. He had help from his wife, but he yeah. he de- he definitely choreographed and uh, and everyone was a very different level dancer. Right. <laughs> so and and that sometimes frustrated him. Uh-huh. And uh, but but what's interesting is that. For Yerachmiel, what he wanted more than anything, he wanted you to take it seriously and work hard. Mm-hmm. And he wanted you to oh, smile on stage, mm-hmm. which I sometimes struggle with. Open your eyes, don't close your eyes, uh-huh. and smile on stage uh-huh. and look like you're having fun. 
What I never ever heard from him, and I mentioned this in the article, is I never ever heard him saying like "man up" or or mm -hmm. "don't you know uh, keep your wrists don't don't keep your wrists limp" mm -hmm. or or "don't be flamboyant." Because a lot of kids in the mm -hmm. choir, I mean, think about it, we were the kids from the Orthodox community who like to sing and like yeah. to dance. Usually, maybe stereotype. Maybe it's a stereotype, but there's something true in a lot of stereotypes that, like, there a lot of those kids were queer and were outsiders and were kids who, who perhaps, um, you know, like me, ended up coming out as gay. And I do know a lot of uh, ex Miami Boys choirs uh, members who are gay now. Hmm. It was a beautiful space for us hmm. to to be ourselves and as flamboyant as possible, not having to worry about being manly or or looking butch or. And Yerachmil never required that. And he just wanted us to just kind of shine. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I love that. And I don't think, I don't want to put it, I mean, I don't think, uh, I think Yerachmil is a pretty small seat conservative guy on these right, issues. Right. So don't don't think for one second that Yerachmil Begun is some sort of like gay advocate. He's not. And he probably wouldn't put his stamp of approval on, on what you're saying. Right? Not at all. <laughs> not anything. And I don't want to ever, ever like that is not true. Uh, but you still can give credit where credit is due. Where, where he it allowed was from a real young, place. Yeah, he allowed. Well, I think I think boys. in the more right wing and yeshivish communities, that's really true. You know, the the model of what masculinity looks like does not look the same as it does in the secular, even in the modern that's Orthodox world. In the modern also. Orthodox really world, good point. There is much more of a focus. You know, the best kids at the basketball team were also the cool kids in modern Orthodox yep. school, and you know, floor hockey, right? <laughs> which is its own, saying, which its is own closer to the secular world than to the yeah, yeshivish exactly. World. Uh -huh. And in the yeshivish world, it's it's the kids. Who are the best at learning it's a mm -hmm. like you know singing is not something that is you know teased as gay or i don't know i don't know what it's like today but at least it felt like when we were growing up it was it was really a different value system and and an admirable yeah. one i think no no i think that that's why a lot of queer people uh sometimes find solace in the firm world because mm. it's sometimes oh, that's it's an escape escape from some of that bullying uh particularly the pressures uh, for young women to be feminine, to look a certain way, to, mm. to have their body in a certain shape and to, you know, and to be like, no, in the firm world, I get to be sneeze. You don't have to look at, you don't look at me, uh, you know, necessarily for what my body looks like right. or how feminine I am. I could just be myself. And that's a very attractive thing for somebody who those stereotypes, th those kind of pressures uh, have been damaging. I think it's like exactly what you said with some gay boys and some trans people, where a lot of these gender expectations, uh, especially even in modern Orthodox world, were, were very hurtful to be macho, to be good at sports, uh, meant to be cool. And or to have a lot of girlfriends or to, you know, and there's a lot of toxic masculinity, like, like, like really kind of baked in there. And you're right. I think in, in the more from world, if you were a good learner and 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 the truth is, yeah, if you had a, you know, you good davener and, and if you sang and if you there was something holy about that and hey, look, and cute and wonderful. And 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 that that was nice. That was a nice yeah. escape. Now, oh, by the way, right. I'm not saying there wasn't teasing uh, in the choir. There was. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, I remember I mean, all my life. And that's the thing also, like when you are when when and we all I think I think at least, you know, if all of us have extended families, especially in the world, we've all seen uh, children, young boys uh, who are very girly young boys, right? Like, like who, who may, you know, go around, they like to play with Barbies and they go around with high voices and they, uh, with limp wrists. I, I was 
that boy. Mm -hmm. And there are also girls who don't fit any stereotype, even when they were three and four and five. And they were just at all. They just was were so out of any feminine stereotype. They just wanted to be themselves. And we had different names for them, tomboys and, and, and you know, sissies and whatever. Whatever you have names for them, whatever you, life for those people, especially childhood for those people, including me, was unbearable. Mm. Everywhere you go, you were made fun of. Every time you went to camp, every time you went to camp, you were the, you were the butt of everyone's joke. It doesn't matter what. It's it, it's a torturous life yeah. when you are a when you are a feminine boy or you are a masculine girl and you don't and and you are made to you're you're made to feel punished and ashamed for it. The least we could do, the least we can do, is think about, especially before Yom Kippur, right? Is, is how can we make life sweeter, a little better for these people? When we when we focus on these stupid political issues like pronouns and, 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 and angry about this and language and that, it it so misses the point. And even why you club not club. The point is, is in our community, queer people, especially in the Orthodox community, growing up queer in the Orthodox community is not just hard. It's it's, a, it's a, I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Mm. It's it, it t t we all almost and that by the way is what connects all queer people. Almost all queer people at one point in their life felt afraid to be themselves in front of their mother, mm. in front of their father. Felt that if I if if my mom or my dad knew who I was, they would love me differently. I would hurt my siblings because maybe my siblings won't get a shidduch. I mean, what what does that do to some? The idea, you know, we 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 joke about it, you know other kids saying, oh, maybe my mom is ashamed of me. But when you're queer in the Orthodox community, that's a reality. Mm. Your mom and your dad are so are ashamed of you, mm. right? They 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 won't say. This is such. I mean, to not have, to not, for your first approach for these kids not to be with Rahmanis, not to be, how do you build up their self-esteem to say pride is, 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 is against uh, uh, religion, pride, self-esteem, hmm. thinking you're worthwhile, worthy of something. If you don't think you're worthy of something, then you act worthless. Hmm. And, 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 and I don't know a, a more Jewish concept than that. I think that the, the most Jewish concept that we can give, whether from a whether when it comes to being a Jew, which I think we should have pride in, we should never apologize for mm -hmm. for for being a Jew. We never apologize for our culture and and things that are for us. And also, if you for if for your gender, for your identity, for your narrative, for your family, there's nothing about your life that you have to apologize for. If it comes from place of you know who you are, your kindness, just to yourself. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's such a simple message before Yom Kippur, and it's, you don't have to reinvent any wheels. Uh, Mordechai, I want to really thank you so much for, for speaking with us today. And I'm, I'm glad, again, that you brought in these other issues. Um, we would love to have you on another time. This is obviously a topic that we're going to talk about more in the future. Um, hopefully the Miami Boys Choir also, but I mean the LGBTQ stuff and YU and, all, and that whole thing. <laughs> Um, so uh, we'd love to continue the conversation both off the air, which we, we do a lot, and on the air. So thank you. And I appreciate it. And I, I, I really enjoy I really want to tell you, I enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> I so really much. do. When I agree with you and I, I enjoy it even more when I don't agree with you. <laughs> Mordechai, thank you so much. It was really, really great to speak about Absolutely. this. Absolutely. You got some real passion and anger for me. Yeah, Classic Mordechai. <laughs> <laughs> you got what you paid for. <laughs>
So, Uri, there's a lot to reflect on a there. Lot. That was quite a conversation. It went in a different direction than I thought it would. Really? Okay. Personally. Uh, yeah, Mordecai is a really interesting character. He's a, lot of fun. He's, a he's a really, really interesting guy. Yeah, um, and there's more that I wanted to talk about with him. But as always, um, I'm sure people have thoughts about this episode, and we want to hear from you. Please continue to be in touch. Send us an email at talkingtachaspodcast at gmail.com. And of course, join the conversation on our Facebook page, Talking Tachas Podcast. Maybe we should set up a TikToker. We should. And I was going to say, um, feel free to let us know what your favorite Miami Boys Choir song is, because there's so many. Yeah, there's tons that I don't know, but I would love to learn more. And I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks, as always, to Drive In Productions. They are the sponsor of this week's episode. And thank you to True Threat Trio featuring Rage Brigade. They are the official band of Talking Tachas. Bye, everyone. Zai gesund.